When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Flixwatcher Podcast. In this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast, we're going to be talking about Paris is Burning. And this inspired pretty much a lot of what you see in RuPaul's Drag Race, which is one of Netflix's biggest shows, as chosen by James and Dan from the fantastic podcast, A Gay and a Non-Gay. We are, of course, on iTunes, where you can subscribe and leave us a lovely review. You can also find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Come say hi, give us a tweet, and visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings of each episode. As always, films reviewed in this podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording. There may be bad language and there may be spoilers. You have been warned. So this episode of Clickswatcher Podcast has been brought to you by Geo Productions. And I have to say a massive thanks to Geo Productions. They have been holding my hand on Flixwatcher with Helen and I with their superb sexual editing skills. They're producing podcasters and helping podcasters like ourselves help them sound awesome. So we really want to big you guys up. And they said, if anyone out there wants to be a podcaster and wants their help, then reach out to them, podcast at glpro.co.uk and tell them that Flixwatcher sent you and you'll get 10% of your first package, of your first order, so you've got nothing to lose. Hey guys, it's Kobe here and I'm joined always by Helen. Hello. And today we're joined by James. Hello. And Dan. Hi. And we're going to be talking about Paris is Burning today. We are indeed. And these guys are from a gay and a non-gay podcast. That's right, we actually are a gay and a non-gay yeah. as well. Yeah. As yeah, well as we being are. from the podcast, a gay and a non-gay. Yeah. <laughs> do you want us to tell you about the podcast? Do you want Not us yet. to say which one's which? No, it's all right now. Maybe maybe it's probably obvious obvious which one is which. Which one of us is, is which? I mean, as in which one is the gay and which one is... The, does that matter? How, how's, that, how's that obvious? Oh, thank you for saying oh, well, that. Well, maybe, maybe it's not. Well, I mean, one of us is sat here with... What are they called? Board shorts on. Yeah. And a, and a New York t-shirt. The other one is wearing a bright blue pink top. <laughs> the problem with that description is that it's very visual. That is also very visual. And yeah. we are on a podcast here. Yeah. Well, you know so, what? In fact, we have actually gone into the show for proper, haven't we? We have, yes. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so we can't we can't see what you, well, I can see what you're wearing. You can. But I have a feeling it will be become it will become clear during the course of the podcast. But I guess the listeners can play a game in their heads as they're listening to try and work it out. You play with a friend and the winner gets a prize. Yes. Yeah. Well, guys, give yourself a proper introduction. Say what your name is properly and where they can find you on Twitter. Great. Yeah, we are a gay and a non-gay. You can find us on Twitter at gay non-gay and Instagram gay non-gay. And you can check us out at gay non-gay. There's a recurring theme here. <laughs> gay non-gay.com. And despite what we were just saying, we're actually a very inclusive podcast. And we believe that differences are irrelevant yeah. and that we're all the same. We're all human. And we're very inclusive. We believe that we're a family. And Dan and I have sort of been on a bit of a journey together in working out if there are differences between homosexual and heterosexual people and we talk about lots of social issues but we do it whilst trying to be funny <laughs> <laughs> it is a funny show i've i was laughing a lot and you, you've listened to a few shows as well haven't you? yeah thanks guys yeah, and we've just been course. nominated for um, a podcast award in america so oh another one oh, we're really excited 
So you, you guys were nominated for the British Podcast Awards, of course. Yep. And now the US Podcast, podcast what Awards. What is it you've been nominated for? We're in the LGBT category. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah. Although I don't know how Dan squeezed in. They should have just cut you out and nominated me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we gave the game away. Yeah, we, I don't know how we, I don't know how that happened. Actually, I don't know how we got them. I don't know how we got nominated for anything. <laughs> You've heard the show, but we'll probably listen to the Radio Times. Listen to read the Radio Times and think, yeah, I like that. I yeah, have, I, I have no idea either. It's it's crazy, but I think the best thing about it is it just proves that like being yourself is it will lead you know leads you in, into the right place. That like, you have to be true to you, absolutely, and that's all we're doing really. So we're really happy about it. Yeah. We're so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here talking today about Paris is Burning, which is your choice, James. Mm. So yeah. what we'd like you to do is give a synopsis of the film. Yeah. Tell us why you chose it. Okay. And then we'll start the chat about it. Well, I was going to choose The Babadook, yeah. which is a horror film and has become a gay icon. Oh, really? Year. Yeah. After, how so? Well, we guess a Tumblr account started talking about the themes in the film and how this this crazy monster lives inside a closet and the family want to get rid of it. So they were like, oh, this is so gay. And then Netflix accidentally put it in the LGBT category and someone screenshot it and it just became this huge gay icon. So the Babadook has been going around to all the prides across the world this year. People dressed as the Babadook. Ah. So I was like, yeah, we should watch that. But I can't watch horror. It scares me so much. And so you've not seen it then? No, I watched 10 minutes and I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. That's not even any of the scary part in the first 10 minutes. No, but it, you can feel the tension. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I've, I've seen a Babadook and it freaked yeah. me the fuck out. Did it? It's great. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. You both film. love that film. Well, so yeah. sorry we're not doing that. No, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everyone. It, it does look great. I just, I just can't do it. What? Can you tell me, can you spoil how it ends just so? No, not in this. I think we can spoil what we're we going to talk about. Yeah. Okay, now. right. But we'll save that. You'll save yeah. it for another week. Well, okay. So so I chose Paris is Burning because yeah. literally every single gay person I know has said to me, have you seen Paris is Burning? And I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. So I was like, this is the one, this is the re- this is the film I should watch. And it's actually amazing. It really taught me a lot because I didn't realize so many of the things that I talked about in that film, mm. even that old, just like terms of phrase and stuff, turns of phrase and stuff. Like I didn't realize they came from this or before that film was made. I thought they were from RuPaul's Drag Race. Sure. So we'll get into that. But the synopsis of the movie is basically it's a documentary about 1980s New York. It came out in the early 90s and it's about the ballroom culture in New York at that time. And I also thought it'd be really interesting for Dan to watch it because Dan has said to me previously that he doesn't really get drag queens. Is that correct, Dan? I don't want to misquote you. I I think you also said you were scared of them, but again, I don't want to misquote you. No, that that last bit is something that you've invented. (laughs) You want that that to be true. No, I don't. I don't want that. No, I don't. Well, maybe it would be funny. Well, I don't don't know how to say that. Yeah, I guess I I I just don't really understand what, what, what the deal is. But now I do because I've just yes, watched Paris. Because he's watched Paris. So do you fully understand the deal after watching yeah. seventy-eight minutes worth of of a documentary and understand what what it's about now? Yeah, because before I guess I was I just find what's what's the word? What's the word? Dressing up? No, I. Uh, these are the moments that I love in our podcast <laughs> where Dan digs himself a huge hole. Can we have some clues as to what this word is? To yeah, do I with? don't know. L- leave him alone for five minutes and he'll come out with it. What is it you're trying <laughs> yeah. to say? You was. I, you know, sort of, no. I don't like innuendo, like particularly, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that funny in, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so well, that's not what, that's, I guess, I, can I just, I'll just speak for Dan as I do. On can I, a lot please, of before, you, I think Dan's before, issue. Have you, what about like carry on films, innuendo in that? Is that, 
acceptable. Yeah, that, no, I just it's no, it's but just drag, not funny. It, to me, it, I just don't find that funny. But drag queens aren't necessarily using innuendo. Well, I realize I realize that now. But everything that I have seen, so you've been to like gay clubs and seen drag queens. Yeah, you, and, right? it, and it's just been like a lot of innuendo, which I just didn't think was very funny or clever. So you're basing this <laughs> so, off Dame Edna Average. And, yeah, basically. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, that's where I was at. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I mean, I would argue that innuendo is not just used by drag queens. Like it's it's used everywhere. Innuendo is not something that I would say is specifically a drag queen thing. Like it's all over the place. It's on radio stations. <laughs> it's um yeah. It's, it's, it's on, on, it's on television. It's on the tube. It's everywhere. It's on the tube. It's in your phone. You use it often on our podcast. Yeah, but I use it in moderation. <laughs> oh, please. Moderate. So it's okay in moderation, but drag queens don't use it in moderation. But innuendo bingo is funny, mainly because it's kind of in moderation. <laughs> I mean, it goes me? on for a little bit long. Play a, play a song, Scott. How, how old are you guys? I'll be interested. 28. So this is, I mean, there was a lot. It was that, that whole kind of carry on and are you being served thing. It was massive kind of innuendo. Very much so, yeah. That's true. But Based they're not drag queens, so I don't know what you're saying there. I'm not sure Dan means innuendo. I think No, like, I I do. I do. But I I'm just <laughs> I just don't know how to say it because it's just gonna sound homophobic, isn't it? It's you're not home. You're like I just least... didn't understand like when I've seen it in and I've been in like clubs and, and drag actors come out and it's been just kind of loads of like sex jokes that to me are just just really obvious and not funny. Mm. That's I just think I'm, I'm not like it's not like a criticism, it's just like I'm going to go home. Like, this isn't, I don't think this is funny. I think stand-up is a load of sex jokes. Yeah, but there's a lot of stand-up that, that isn't funny. So it's not the fact that it's, it's nothing to do with a man dressing up as a woman. No. It's nothing to do with that. Well, it's no, more like the, the cabaret kind of side of it then. That it's, kind of performance. Yeah. I, 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 on, one of your, on one of your podcasts, I remember you talking about wanting to be as far away from a, a, a pub playing football as possible. Yeah. So I, I can kind of try and see what you're trying to say. You just... For you, it just doesn't sit right, and you can't explain why it's not for you. It's not that you're being homophobic. It's not that you don't like football. It's just like for Dan. you, when you're in that situation, just like not for me. I'm off now. And Dan yeah. is definitely yeah. the least homophobic person I think I've ever met. And it's something to do with a man dressing up as a woman, because I'd happily, you know, I'd love to love going to see people like Marilyn Manson. Yeah, of course. That. You know what? You're right because that's rock music, and you're into that. But I'm not but he suggesting just... you're homophobic. But you could still be not interested in it because of certain things like that that doesn't make you homophobic. So I'm just trying to get to the bottom of why you disliked at that point drag so much. But even like, so on, <laughs> onto the film, on, in the film Paris is Burning, like, yeah. and all the all the acts that appear in that, it, the story behind it is amazing. Yeah. But if it was on around the corner now, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be of interest. So even after watching it, you feel like you wouldn't, because yes, getting back to the synopsis, it's it's basically a story of, it kind of helps you understand why people do drag, I guess. And it's quite, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, it moves you. So having seen that, you, you wouldn't go and see drag now. Is that what you're saying? You'd still think, no, it's not my... So explain to us why people do drag then. Because I think in this story at that time in New York, mainly Harlem, isn't it? In New York, yeah. in the mid 80s, a lot of the people that were drawn to the ballroom culture, because drag is portrayed as maybe about half of it, but then you have people who are doing wearing different costumes and things like that, but totally. it's it all a big show. A lot of it is people like who are really young, had been abused in their lives and just needed a place to, where they can all be themselves as much as possible. Yeah. And that completely makes sense in terms of, I want to be around people who I can be myself with. But maybe you're talking about, so if in Cam if, someone's, if there's a, a drag show in Camden, 
you pr- might think, come on. Dan needs the backstory. Uh, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I need, I need the backstory. You need the backstory as to why they're doing it. Yeah, because like in, in the film, the actual act of them doing it, if it, if it, if it was just a series of, of, if the context was taken out of the film, basically, it was just the shows, yeah. I would be sat there going, I don't really understand what this is. I, one of my favorite moments, because I've, I've written lots of notes and stuff, having watched it, like Fantastic. knowing we were about to do Thank you. Knowing that we were going to talk about it in, so in-depthly. And it's not just LGBT people, I think, or issues that are explored. One of the things is that black people, especially then in, in New York, mm-hmm. were not able to be in ama- more amazing jobs, perhaps. That's what this is, yeah. this is said. And a quote was, black people can't be an executive, but in the ballroom, you can. Yeah. So they dress up in executive business wear and they're like strutting their stuff down a ballroom. And then all the other queens are like, yes, you are so executive. And um, that's that's also amazing. Like it's a way of people that feel like they're not allowed in real life because society has got its rules expressing themselves and being free. And I would say that is probably what this movie is about. Yeah, I, I think that a little bit more. And also it's just this fantastic snapshot of an era that is slowly being eroded away and there's becoming, especially in London as well, less opportunity for these things to happen and to be underground and have these places to go to and for people to go and be fabulous. So at one time, it's great as that. And also it's this like fantastic time machine of like just an hour of amazing fashion and just really like crazy characters and really sweet moments as well and really sad moments in it as well. Really sad. Lots of sweet moments. Like the, um, are they four? I feel like they're 14. It's like two 14 year old boys. Yeah. Yeah, that we've got a picture of. And actually, the movie, there. I think, ends with, with them. I think they have the last quote. And it's just amazing. They're like, you know, this is our family. Our family don't accept us for who we are. And they're 14. Yeah. It's, it's just so crazy. And, and, and that still happens now. So, although it is a snapshot of life then, that is also very much relevant in 2017. And I feel. They're out at 3 a.m those two yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah thug life How, i mean that's crazy isn't it yeah especially in new york in the 80s that you'd be yeah. out yeah that's like guys what you're doing terrifying go home just be safe one thing i really it's really interesting how a lot of people have traveled a long way to be in this one spot together people and it's as many in the black community as many black people as latina then smashing of white people as well but they've all come from different areas of of america to be and South America as well to be there together. So, what do you think it is about Harlem and New York at that time that just let things kind of happen and percolate? It's a safe space, isn't it? Yeah. I think. But you're asking why is it there? Well, why? And yeah. Why? It, I'm not sure it is it fully wasn't just safe though, particularly. No. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at a minute ago. Is that it's kind of is. I mean, they're doing it, but at the same time. I mean, I suppose the ballroom is. is yeah, safe. it is. Is the safe place there, yeah. but. I think they sort of mentioned about, you know, the realness is going out in the street and being able to pass for being a female. And a few of them talk about, you know, going out there and putting themselves in dangerous situations. Yeah. If you can pass by and the untrained eye doesn't know you're gay, that's when it's realness. Mm. And that's really interesting because I hadn't really learned the definition of realness. I've heard it on RuPaul's Drag Race and it's like, (laughs) yes, fishy realness, which basically means like, yes, you look like a girl, which is gross hate that phrase but that's what they say and i just thought realness meant oh yeah you're doing a good job i didn't realize it stemmed from From this moment this moment in time where these queens were like trying to just assimilate and actually dan and i have talked about that 
on our podcast because I do that in smaller ways, just at a bar, if I'm trying to be served or something, I would just be like, all right, cheers, mate. And I will kind of mask myself up or with an Uber driver when he says, oh, have you got a girlfriend? I just, it's easier to just sort of lie. Yeah. And that is realness, I guess. If you can like just fit in with everyone else. And it's really horrible how we do that to ourselves. And it's just so shocking seeing that happening like 30 years ago as well. And knowing that it's the same. And it's a big, I mean, one of our friends, Gareth, he was telling us about how he, he came out, well, he was telling me, me and another friend, Ben, about how he came out when he was quite young, but he feels now he's just, he wouldn't hate, he'll hate me for saying this, but he's in his early 40s. But he was saying about Doesn't how Doesn't look he, it, though. No. <laughs> you don't look it, Gareth. But he was saying about one really, really interesting, insightful thing for me is that he felt that often he'd be coming out multiple times to multiple, multiple people. He goes to like a B&B with him and his boyfriend, and the guy or the lady who's running the B&B goes, okay, so you you'll be shown that you have different rooms, right? And go, no, 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 we're, we're a couple. Mm. And it's those little small interactions where he's kind of felt that he's coming out multiple times to yeah. multiple people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw a show in uh, the Edinburgh Fringe this year by Hannah Gadsby, and she talks about how the closet isn't shame-proof, which I think is a really interesting thing to, to sort of know. And I think this film talks about that almost as well. Like you can see the shame that people are dealing with in themselves. Like That's why they are dressing up. And, exp- and, and voguing and yeah. expressing themselves in a safe LGBT space because they can't do that elsewhere. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just mouthed off Mike. Did that make sense to Dan? <laughs> yeah, and I guess, the, I guess the ballroom is safe, but mm. they're showing like immense bravery, I think, just by being like, in the ballroom, yeah. I, I genuinely wouldn't have thought that being black and being gay, so being black and being openly gay mm. was... A thing that you were allowed to do in New York. Well, in, in I mean, New York is, I guess, is more liberal than, than anywhere else. But I would have thought that the combination of those two things would be a death sentence practically in 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 the eighties. So just just being out on the street, sure, is dangerous. When you're a man, I've got all the quotes. <laughs> when you're a man and a woman, you can do anything. When you're gay, you monitor everything you do. So what you were first telling you because you want you were really happy when James suggested this and it was one of the films you said you wanted to yeah, see for a while. Yeah, it's just a, a documentary that I'd heard a lot about, and obviously I think most people kind of know it from obviously Madonna. Voguing. Lot, yeah, and that's kind of where so I would have heard voguing first. Did and obviously Madonna appropriate voguing from this film? <laughs> <laughs> I guess she didn't. I guess that they came at the same time. When, when did Vogue come out? When did Madonna's Vogue come out? Well, this was 1990. This came out in 91. 90, you say? Yeah, 1991. Because they definitely don't talk about Madonna in the film, do they? No, no. they, but it's definitely... they wouldn't have done, but she's, it's... Oh, she... oh yeah, she's not. She she's nothing to do with Voguing. She's no, just, but she she's would just have come watched along. what's gone on. And yeah. the, I, I think the Willy Ninja, I think yeah. the, that, it, that his choreography may have had something to do with the Madonna, but yeah, I mean the the moves and everything. She's obviously been well, I w- and she would have definitely. still been in New York at this time anyway, and, and probably would have spent some time with you know similar people. Absolutely. And actually, they did discuss it, didn't they? Because they talked about how they got inspiration from the magazine, I think, in the movie. Yeah. So. Well, let's talk about the whole voguing thing because I was kind of when I saw this, my my only inspiration, my only knowledge of voguing was Madonna. And also, what's this TV show on Netflix called The Get Down? 
where they had some people doing Vogue in some of the scenes in there. That's based in the same kind of era. And when you see Willie Ninja and and the people there doing the Vogue, you kind of think, what the fuck is Madonna playing at? She, I just thought it was a poncy thing where you just kind of put your hands in front of your face. Right. But these guys are... It's like, it's a lot like breakdancing where you are it's, you're like battling against each other. Yeah. And that is something you just don't get across in Vogue, the Madonna song. And it's just for her, it's just a way to flounce around. And it's, it's still a good pop song, but it doesn't really actually give an idea of what's going on in this in this movement. Yeah, I'd agree with that because I didn't know what it was. I, and when they started doing it, I thought, oh, that's a bit like the Madonna video. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But that's kind of Madonna, isn't it? Really, that, that she'll she won't, nece- I won't necessarily say appropriate, but she does very much take what's going on at the time. Yeah, that's true. And incorporate it into. She's on the trends. She's on, yeah, she's on trends. Hot trends. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And I guess in a way, Madonna's always been a very supportive icon to LGBT culture and stuff. So she would definitely have been in those clubs, learning those moves and being like, "Yes, I'm gonna. What is this? Bring yeah. this to the mainstream. <laughs> I'm having some of that. I'm doing it. So big love to Madonna for that." But yeah, it's amazing. The moves are just insane. Can you do moves like that, guys? No. no. It is no. like breakdancing. You got it right there. It's it's like sort it's of like a also... mix of yoga as well. Because some of the <laughs> some of the like forearm stands they were doing, I was like, oh, that's, that's really good. That's very yeah. true. And yeah. kind of like the crab, you know, like yeah. crabbing across the floor in sort of weird. Yeah, it's truly cool. Because I, I really I'm really kind of fascinated by this time in in New York because this was like the death of disco. This was when hip hop was kind of coming up and one of the four elements of hip hop being breakdancing. So I knew a lot about that side of things. So it's, it's, and thank you again for suggesting because I just generally did not know that the side of New York was happening at the same time as, so it just seems like a massive bubbling cauldron of stuff happening in this one spot that has then gone into, gone worldwide Mm. on this side of the ballroom scene. Less so, I guess, but you know, when you talk about RuPaul's Drag Race, certainly it's gone that way hip-hop and breakdance has gone kind of worldwide it'd be interesting to see how far the ballroom culture's gone do you know how how far how much this is happening nowadays or is it just in rupaul's drag race i think actually it's really interesting that rupaul's drag race took so many years to come out after this sure it's crazy to me that there was such a big gap in terms of like mainstream drag culture in television it, well that's not strictly true obviously because of people like who did you mention earlier Dan? dame adna dame, yeah, and, yeah, all that, and paula grady and stuff but I think I'm so sorry. What was your question? <laughs> do you think it's still happening? Yeah, and still how's, has this had the same the kind of reach as yeah other in the real world? Yeah, definitely, yeah. and it has always been happening. So and and so many and despite what Dan says about them making innuendos, like so many of these <laughs> drag queens are, you know, the reason why we have as many rights in this country as we do because they put themselves out there and and were themselves and showed the world and. You know, yeah, it is still happening. And it's it's an amazing thing that we should all be proud of, even if you're not in the LGBT community. It's still it's still insanely important. And and yeah, there are competitions I think happening. There are like drag idol competitions across the UK and different like gay bars and stuff and people win money, you know, they host the prides, they um perform. There's a great place in London called the Two Brewers and they have drag, I think, every night. Uh, is there still voguing? Is there still voguing? No. I think voguing <laughs> has definitely died. <laughs> there should be. Because you see people in Leicester Square, a lot of a lot of the performers in Leicester Square are breakdancers, but I've never seen any voguers. Right. Well, you and me tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I could not do any of the stuff that Willie Ninja does. I'll bring uh, my Alexa this. speaker. 
and we'll play Vogue. What? Alexa, play Vogue. <laughs> <laughs> but what Helen was kind of saying earlier, I mean, I don't know, but I'm, I'm guessing that the sort of death of Soho must mean that there's less and less places for this kind of activity to go on. Am I right? Yeah, I, I know. She's laughing. So, no, I'm not. I'm just like, oh, this is such a big question. And when Helen mentioned it, I was like, don't, just don't say anything. Don't say anything, James. I, I would, and Helen didn't say death of Soho. You no, said, I'm I wouldn't. That. I wouldn't say it was the death of Soho. It's just less places. But there are less, and, le- and lots, obviously, less safe places where you know it's kind of seen. Like, you know, people go, oh, if you go to Soho, there will be drag there. Whereas if you're kind of being pushed out into other areas where, like. We've never had drag here, and we're not sure about that. It's it's becoming just you know you you've come so far to be accepted in one area to then be pushed out and in areas that you know maybe don't want you there. It just seems like we're moving backwards and backwards, and you know people aren't really liking each other at the moment. So there's a lot of other things going on, and I don't know. I just think it's kind of a bit scary for a lot of people and also it's just eroding a lot of what makes london exciting really right there yeah i think there are i think it's moved a little bit i think there are a lot of now there are other spaces in dalston there's a lot of pop-up club nights at different venues some of them not even gay venues but just other venues and they're opened up on like pride to gay people so i'm not an alarmist about Soho, whereas a lot of people I know would say like death of Soho is awful. I think we should protect our spaces and make sure that companies are not pushing people out. But I I don't want to panic about it. I think there's a lot in Soho still. There could be more definitely, but there's a lot in other places too. Vauxhall concerns me. That's one I'm probably more worried about because there's a lot of development there and quite a lot of gay spaces that have threatened, including the RVT, the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, which is amazing. But there's a lot of political characters who are looking out for those places and trying to make sure that they stick around. So we'll see what happens. GOY Late recently had an issue because they were trying to put the rent up. I think, I can't remember the exact figure, but it was like six times or something. Something crazy, like someone wanted to put the rent up. So they've just recently applied to Westminster Council to extend their hours to later so that they can earn more money to afford to pay that difference in rent. So hopefully Sadiq Khan will allow that to happen because Westminster Council are quite funny about late licenses. Well, Sadiq Khan's all right, isn't he? Yeah, he's all yeah, right, he's he's dude. The nights are. Yeah. He was there shaking hands with Mo Farah at the end of the, of the athletics. Helen, you said you did a bit of research about the film yeah, afterwards. Yeah, so um, I was doing a little bit of reading and um, it was not well received by quite a few people. I think the main argument they had is that for a documentary, it made quite a lot of money. And some people felt that Jenny Livingston was a bit of a voyeur and, you know, she wasn't really one of them. And quite a few of the people in it tried to sue for earnings, but it was obviously revealed that they'd signed like standard disclosures. So Mm. it's just interesting because we were also discussing how I'd really like to see a kind of where are they now? And then kind of an updated, revisited to the area and, and some of the people here just to kind of, see what has changed and if it is still going on and how just I'm a little bit worried about some of them and how they're doing and I kind of want to know if they're okay (laughs) that's awful that they I didn't even think about the sort of business side of it or the contracts and stuff I mean that's terrible these people were 
Well, some of the, some people were saying that they they kind of felt that it was she was kind of making a film project. They didn't realize that she was kind of making sort of a com- a commercial venture. And she was sort of saying, "Well, I wasn't." And you know, you you could have asked me any time. And you know, from watching it, everyone on there is more than happy to be talking about what they do. And no, I didn't get that at any point. They were didn't want to reveal anything. So it's. It's, there's there's a lot of stuff going on and I think it was about another event the event that she put on and the people that they had there to celebrate it weren't connected in the ways they wanted so there's a lot of even though it was made then even now there's still a lot of Beef. kind of mixed feelings about the film and the effect that it had and its legacy and um, you know how it's used as well there was um, the Katy Perry performance recently of Swish Swish on Saturday Night Live in America she had a load of RuPaul's Drag Race queens perform with her, and there was rumours going around that they weren't paid. <laughs> and I don't. Oh, that's know. that's ridiculous. I'm and sure I that. don't know if that's true or not. So, like, don't quote me on it. But that's awful if if not. So, but also this, this kind of thing does still happen where people are just used in documentaries. This, I mean, I was going to say, I'm not sure how that differs from a standard documentary. I know Willie Ninja must have, he, he's made money out. He must have made money out doing this because right, he's yeah. then gone on to do the catwalk stuff and. And he does have that amazing earring. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I bought this in Japan, right? Uh, <laughs> why? Oh, shut up. We're all booking a flight to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it's interesting that, that I think with any good documentary, the first thing you do after watching it is think, where are they? Where are they now? And immediately Google it. I watched this on the plane, so I couldn't do that. But yeah, I'd be really intrigued. As to as to what's happened to to some of them, spoiler alert: <laughs> we know what happens to one of them. And I was kind of thinking, with with any film set in the eighties involving gay people, like you you're almost just waiting for someone or all of them to die of AIDS, mm. and that's what I was just expecting to happen whilst watching it. And I guess it didn't happen, but someone does die of something else. You can, like so, spoilers are allowed. You can say um, it. Well, she was killed. This, this. It's, it, re- it remains unsolved as well. Yes, yeah. basically. Really, this yeah. is Venus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Venus extravaganza, which I kind of demonstrates how dangerous the the whole thing is and was and is. Well, she was. She told the story that she had to jump out of a window when when she was working as an escort. Yeah. So her her particular lifestyle was already kind of like hey be careful yeah what what you're doing obviously no one deserves to get i think she's strangled to death which is Mm. horrific but (laughs) (laughs) i mean again this still happens now Mm. like gay people are still killed i think there was there was an attack in trafalgar square in central london like a couple of years ago again i don't have the facts ready and the sex worker as well i mean sex workers get attacked yeah 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 yeah, straight sex workers yeah so it's yeah it's just awful it's just yeah it's the same. So it's, I don't think anything is that different, really. But luckily now we have a much more inclusive sort of system set up in workplaces and mm. in government to an extent. So it will get better. I, I, I think uh, Willie Ninja's since deceased, unfortunately. Oh, really? What? Yeah. I think <laughs> I, was, his grave? I was wondering, I thought if I was there, what house would I be in? Yeah. I would have been a ninja, certainly. Do you think you'd be a ninja? Of course I'd be a ninja. I think I'd be... Lebr- is it Labracia? No, wait, I've got that wrong. All I remember is extravaganza ninja. 
Yeah, and it was Labasia. 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 <laughs> I'd be in Labasia. We haven't really talked about that. I mean, it's kind of like when you have a house at school, isn't it? Yeah. Except these are just like the best. Yeah. Like, imagine if you managed to get into one of those houses. In... <sighs> Labasia. Hufflepuff. What would you be? Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. <laughs> what would your name be? If you're a ninja, you're not willy. You can't be Willy Ninja. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff Ninja. Jeff Ninja. Dan. I feel like you've been Lobasia with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with that. Or extravaganza, perhaps. I, mean, I I really like a lot of things, but particularly I like that in there where they're sort of sitting at home making their own clothes. Yeah. And also, when they sort of say that you know they what is it they go out and it's not shopping. Like oh yeah. It's, it's, it's stealing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you're stealing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is, I'm not, I'm sure that's not something you could get away with anymore i don't advocate that bit no now you would just buy the outfit and take it back yeah leave the tag on or you'd get it from a shop like primark or there's something quite fantastic about these wonderfully glamorous men going into these department stores in the 80s and stealing dresses well yeah and stealing dresses or like taking them and you know obviously they weren't made in man sizes so just kind of like stealing the ideas and then making them at home to create these fabulous more fabulous versions of it and um it's just because that era in the 80s is, is so kind of weird anyway with wealth and they sort of talk about you know wanting to have all these the, the uh, 46 apartments and, th- and things like that it's just these kind of strangest of the 80s kind of made bigger by their fabulousness this i mean it is it is such an 80s film as well isn't it yeah like this is i watched look who's talking recently <laughs> and the outrageousness of the 80s garments and that was also striking it's, yeah it is so it? <laughs> and it's funny like to me i feel like the queens don't look particularly different to queens now no but what is different is the shots of straight people like all the different like b-roll they terrible, of the straight don't they? people and it's like god your hair like it's so huge <laughs> you get on the subway girl and yeah, the, the like business executive suits that people yeah. wear. So, the shoulder pads. And... Yeah, like so many shoulder pads. They're more shocking to me than what the queens are wearing, I would say. I mean, this kind of went over my head a little bit. Some of the... <laughs> or the 80s. That's why I asked how old you guys were to kind of set the kind of tone for you. I mean, yeah. Helen and I are big fan of the 80s and 80s films will be a, a, strong, a strong part of our childhoods growing up. So it's interesting to see how that relates to you you guys i mean when you see like crocodile dundee for example or the burbs or what we dirty ross and scoundrel we pretty watched woman. recently pretty well i was never a big pretty was that an 80s film though it's kind of going into the 90s yeah, yeah. late 80s early 90s yeah my mum had a massive crush on richard gear which i did not get growing up and now i'm like yeah okay i get it so i think Reckon it's popcorn time? Yeah. Yes. yes. Popcorn, popcorn time. Uh, how do we feel about popcorn? Is it number one in cinema-based snacks? Or, um... Yeah. Well, hang on. Is this sweet or saucy? This is, this is sweet. This is pecan pie flavor from uh, Popcorn Shed. Great. So hashtag grab a fistful. Grab Sponsor. A... <laughs> <laughs> Are we meant to eat it on the microphone? Yeah, yes. make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, popcorn is number one. I do I... like ice cream. This is weird. Ice cream and popcorn? Oh, that's that's the best. In a bowl like that with just a load of Ben and Jerry's. I went to an Everyman recently and had an incredible ice cream, uh, cream, which had popcorn and sweets and everything in it and biscuits. 
was the most ridiculous, enormous thing ever. I was like wanting to send it down the aisle and back <laughs> to share it with everyone. You know how people do that with sweets. The problem with having ice cream in the cinema is you have to eat it straight away. So you've eaten it before the film starts. It depends. Well, the Everyman's really good because, well, the one I've been to a few times, they've got the waiter service. Mm. So they bring it in. Oh, right. Yeah. So they bring it in like just, just in time. Before, yeah. yeah. Is it not a bit dangerous though to eat ice cream in the dark? Yeah. Very. I hadn't thought about that. Drippage. Well, yeah, and just <laughs> sticky and... I tend not to miss my mouth, but it's the you don't know what's falling off the spoon as you... Mm. <laughs> yeah. As you're spooning it in. I don't know. I'm not really sure if I'm down with um, ice cream in the cinema myself. I want ice cream. I like ice cream in the cinema. Yeah, you've got to love ice cream in the cinema. So, yeah, do you like the popcorn sheds? It's, it's great, actually. Yeah. yeah. Pecan it's really pie. Good. Pecan pie is interesting. It doesn't taste like that to me. It tastes like caramel. Well, it is. Hold on. What's in there? Caramel popcorn with oh. golden roasted pecans. So oh, I see. If you could have any flavor popcorn, what would it be? Mmm. Strawberry and cream. Nice. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Oh, mm. God. I quite like cheese popcorn as well. Yeah, I quite like the savory ones. So you, yeah. you're a savory over a sweet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All day long. Is that Worcester sauce popcorn? That's quite good. Oh, that must be really good. What about a Welsh rabbit popcorn? <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're you branching into like what, the crisp territory yeah, and walkers now, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Salt and vinegar. You do get that. That would be weird. You can't have salt and vinegar popcorn. No. Let's go to the scoring. To the scores. Okay. So this is our painted. <laughs> it will be. Uh, oh my God. Scoring system. <laughs> We've so got spreadsheets. They've, Dan's just gone. Uh, yeah, this looks like it's serious. This is yeah, serious this work. Is serious. So it's out of five, and you you can have a zero if, if you're that way inclined. And you can and go you to can decimal places. Decimal place. Oh, really? Wow. So the first one is the recommendability. So this is kind of how do you rate it? How likely are you to recommend it that someone watches it and just kind of like your overall feeling? Five. Five. I'm giving it a five on that, Dan. Yeah. I, I feel like it's just such an important moment. I'd go with five as well. Yeah. All right. Oh, we're flying through it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with a five as well. Just because, I mean, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Obviously, time recording. It's, it is on there. So <clears throat> if you haven't seen it, you should definitely see it. Because otherwise, I don't really know how you'd kind of get hold of it. But Well, this yeah. is why Netflix is really cool. And things like this are really cool to get hold of these things that you just simply couldn't see before. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's It's really interesting. Yeah. And... I, you know, you don't have to be gay to, you know, enjoy it. And, you know, it's such a unique portrayal of just human life at a particular time that, you know, it's just really fascinating and really interesting. I asked some of our followers what they thought. And what do they And they've sent their three word reviews. Gareth says, oh. she owns everything. Well, we can, we can do the Twitter reviews at the end. Oh, okay, we'll sure. We'll do the Twitter yeah, reviews at the end. I'm going to say, I'm going to go four and a half here. Maybe it's going to go 4.4 actually. And... I think the only reason is I love documentaries, but I just think the structure wasn't that good for me. It's like 90, it's like 80 minutes long, this film, and I think I would have preferred maybe 10 minutes longer to give a bit more context to what was actually going on in, in, the, in, the, in the documentary. That's quite a big burn, and I would, <laughs> I would argue that maybe if you think that, you should knock a bit more off, but I don't, oh, want, really? you, I don't want you to, but that, I, I don't know if you're being, like, careful. No, no, I think because when, when you see... From this, I'm sure this documentary is so influential. Yeah. Especially when talking about things like Madonna. And, mm. and, but I know it's just 
because I know so much about the other I side. You're, I think you're on, right, actually. The other stuff, other stuff was going on at that time, and I've read and watched so much about the birth of hip hop and the birth, and the death of disco. This is the only documentary that does that for this scene. Yeah, I think that makes it super important. And that's why you should watch it. And it, but it, going back to what you just said, yeah, it doesn't really have. Like, there's no voiceover. No. So there's no... I can I, understand what you And mean. it doesn't need to be voiceover in the documentary, but I just think it needs to show things. It took me a while to understand why they're right. showing like the big title cards with just houses or... It, t- it took me a while to understand what was actually going on yeah. in the in the documentary. And I think it would have been nice to also say, you know, we're in Harlem. This is this is where... Yeah, it's, that's, yeah, that's you true. Don't, you don't know where you are yeah. most of the time. So that's why I'm taking it down a few pegs. But I'd still... Valid. Recommend it to people. I'm going 4.4. So next is the repeat viewing. So have we all seen it just the once or have we seen it more? Just once, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah once. So, uh, this morning. That's <laughs> <laughs> fresh in your memory. So for me, repeat viewing, I feel like I would probably give it a two. I don't feel like I need to see it again. Don't need to feel embarrassed about feel saying, giving it a low saying that. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a two. I don't, I don't feel like I need to see it again. I would have it on in the background probably wouldn't pay much attention to it mm. done yeah i i'm not a repeat viewer period like I, w- I don't generally tend to watch things more than once come on because what is, what is your what's your favorite film and how many times have you seen it and tell me why because let me think okay i've seen shawshank redemption quite a few times but that's and that's probably that's probably number one probably. but that's different because that that was that came out in an era when kind of before netflix and it would always be on tv so yeah. you could always just you'd always just flick onto the tv and it would be on yeah whereas now like it's just it's stressful looking at my netflix list as it is <laughs> wondering how i'm ever going to watch all this stuff let alone without like, reincorporating stuff i've already already watched especially documentaries because with a documentary you, you you know what's happening yeah and there's no you you've you've I, I, yeah, there are stuff. There is there are things that you don't necessarily pick up the first time, but I feel like you got the gist of it once. So I would. I, mean, I don't want to bring down the overall score of the film. Tactical. But oh, I didn't even think about that. I would. <laughs> You're right. I I do agree with you. Once you've seen a documentary once, you don't really see it again. No. Like, unless no, I I don't know. I can't think of a documentary I'd want to watch again. I liked that one about the whale. What's it called? Blackfish. Blackfish. Yeah. I was going to call it Bluefish, so I'm pleased that I asked. But I don't think I need to see that again. And that was an amazing film. I have watched Louis through documentaries like multiple times, I guess. But for like 15 years apart and, you know, that, that so length, length of time. And this, if you were to watch this 15, would you, can you see yourself watching this one more time in the next 15 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's what, what, maybe give it a three. Three? Sure. Yeah. Helen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the struggle is real, isn't it? I mean, it is. I 2.5 straight down the middle. I'm not going to watch it again soon, but, you know, I might watch it again. I had a few issues with the Wi-Fi when I was watching it last night, so I might like to watch it without, like, terrible plus net Wi-Fi. You're terrible. I hate you. <laughs> Ruining my film experiences. So, yeah, I'm, I might watch it again, but I'm not going to watch it immediately. I'm going to go for a two. And, yeah, for the, worried, for the whole thing... As much I love, I love documentaries, but they are they are intrinsically less rewatchable. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you with the kind of Netflix stress of shit. I've not seen that yet. I've not seen that yet. I've not seen that yet. 
but then your favorite films and you're kind of thinking well i know what happens now already <laughs> yeah should i watch that again or should I watch like things but also that your favorite seen? film makes you happier than yeah. a documentary might like it, i don't i'm not sure documentaries unless it's planet earth in which case wow i will always re- repeat that because they're just so beautiful mm. so i know what you mean i think you're right i think we're right yeah i, do, I think you and i, <laughs> I don't think the right thing i don't think any documentaries have had high repeat viewing scores have they we could probably check back i don't know no, I don't think so. We haven't really had that many documentaries. Cowspiracy, oh. Happy. Amanda Knox. Amanda Knox. God, this Thompson. is literally my list on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> All those films. Well, we've got uh, podcasts you can listen to and find out. Yeah, find out what people think about them. Yeah, that way was it. It's the FlexWatcher pod at Twitter. At Twitter. <laughs> That's right, at Twitter. That makes no sense. Small screen score. So how how good do you think this works on the small screen? And do you feel that you, see it, you wish you'd seen it in the cinema? Five. Because... Unlike other films, which are wasted on a small screen, this one is not in a widescreen. Yeah. But if you have an iPhone, and probably an Android does this too, you can double tap and it zooms in, Whereas, <laughs> which is great. So I ended up watching it in widescreen on my phone. Whereas when I tried to watch it on the TV, and I'm aware you can change the aspect ratio. The aspiration anyway. But for me, I think it's, it was much cooler just watching it on a train. Okay. I mean, we I just, felt like it was more, it was more personal because it was in my hand. And when we say small screen, we do mean t- not in a cinema screen, basically. So, oh, I thought you meant so just like TV, on a tablet. So or TV, on a TV. <laughs> yeah. Right, I mean, sorry. It's, a, it's a little bit ambiguous it's, this one, but I, yeah, you, you've got the gist of it. Yeah. Mm. So five, done. I, yeah, I think it's fine to. Watch. I'm not, I'm not a fan of watching stuff on a, on a small screen generally. But when you say small screen, you mean not, phone. Y- yeah. So typically, the smallest would be a, t- a TV. You'd say. I have this thing where I I only really watch documentaries at home and every other kind of film I would want to see at the cinema. Right. So I think for with that criteria in mind, it's fine to watch at home. But it would be better, like, as in, because everything is better in the cinema. But I would give it a five, I think. Yeah. Helen? I, I'm going to give it a five. I had to watch it on my phone because that was the only way I was able to watch it. And I do not like watching things on my phone, really. But um, yeah, it's great. It's on Netflix. You don't need to do anything particularly special. Although you could have, been able to have a little party and get some people around and maybe have, have like a, a quote along or something. Yeah, yeah. quote along. That would be so great. Yeah. I mean, Okay, wait, can I up my repeat viewing <laughs> to five? <laughs> to, to bear in mind that like taking in consideration. I, if you want to, I don't think, by the way you describe it, it's not a five, but if you want to bump it up a few notches, I'm happy to okay, do that. Can I put it to like, well, what's the top I can go up by? Three, three or three, four, 4.5, 3.5, 3.5. You want 3.5 repeat viewing? From two to 3.5. Yeah, because you're right about the quote along. Does anyone else want to go up on repeat viewing because of the quote along? <laughs> no. Small screen score, yeah. I, in fact, to the extent that I'd be pissed off if I'd seen this in the cinema. I don't think it just, I don't think I need to I see this I in think the, the, the shared experience would be, I think if this could be a potential Prince Charles moment. Yeah, I think there could be... Kind of th- do they do like Priscilla Queen in the Desert at Prince Charles with the drag? I don't know. It's one of those things Maybe. that you could see, you could imagine a lot of people turning up with the costume. Because there's a Bugsy Malone, which I really wanted to go to. Yeah, I don't, I think this is just kind of, it's that's cool classic it is you know it's got a lot of praise from a lot of high so i think i was surprised that i just not seen it before and um but i think there's scope for kind of a shared viewing experience i think that could be quite fun 
Yeah, I think it's so, potential that they're Prince Charles. I can see that. So should I take it down or not? Is that what you're, that what you're saying? No, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Don't take its points away. I mean, engagement score, James. So how engaged were you whilst watching it? Do you feel the need to be like glued onto it? Or were you, were you, was your mind wandering? My mind wasn't wandering, but I'd say four. Because I think, like you were saying earlier about the documentary style, I found it difficult in places to sort of follow and for my mind to kind of catch up with it. So I would say... Yeah, I'd say I was engaged, but I could have been more engaged, perhaps. Done. I was fully engaged. So, yeah, five out of five. Five. Helen? I'm going to go four, because apart from the terrible broadband service, I just got a bit involved in sort of reading articles and kind of like finding out a little bit about people. So, yeah, I wasn't completely glued to it. And kind of its style is a little bit loose anyway. Yeah. So you can kind of hear what's going on and kind of sort of see where you're checking your phone so uh, yeah i did i did do a little bit of just reading articles and you know finding out where people might be now when i was watching it i'm gonna go th- yeah go 3.5 reckon for yourself but a bit stronger i was wikipedia i was wikiing people and finding out where they were and what what was actually going on and what the houses meant and stuff like that which i think you shouldn't have to kind of deviate away from that to understand it. I have my subtitles on by mistake, but I actually quite like that I did because it helped me to be more like to, sometimes Engaged it's quite good it. having subtitles because you read more about what's going on. Yeah. So we have an overall score of 4.18, which, which is good. That's yeah. pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very high. So let's go to the Twitter from our side and then be interested to see what you got your Twitter people have said. So we asked people, where are you in Paris is burning? Have you seen it? If so, give us your five-star rating, a short review, and retweet it. And we have Caviar, no last name, saying, yes, I loved it. It was very fascinating. Gets five-star. Caviar underscore diva. <laughs> and Gareth Dimolo at Gadimolo. The iconic documentary about the New York ballroom scene, tragic and inspiring. Gave the word Vogue and inspired much of RuPaul's Drag Race. Five stars. And someone just says, beautiful film. This is Ry- Ryanon. And what do your what do your people so say? Gareth also tweeted us saying she owns everything as a three word review. Nick loved it, drag culture history. Um, which you know, I agree with. I think it's amazing seeing seeing how we use so many of these phrases and don't even realise. Yeah. Even in pop songs. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome guys. That's I think that's a wrap really. Can you just uh, is, yeah. let us know again where you're from, what your names are, wait and you can give you individual Twitter handles if you want people to harass you there as well. Yes, yeah, so you can find us. We are at Gay Non Gay on Twitter and Instagram, Gay Non Gay on Facebook, and I am at Dan Hudson, and he's at I'm James Barr. Yeah, thank you for listening to the podcast and uh, for checking us out. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. 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 Okay, guys, hope you enjoyed James and Dan there talking about Paris is Burning, a very insightful documentary, which set the scene for a lot of things from voguing to RuPaul. Do go and find them online. All the details for them are in the show notes and we'll be linking to them in our blog. Thank you very much to our editors as always. Toby is the main guy who who helms and carves our voices and also hello to Tony, Jay and Greg and everyone else at GL Productions who we haven't met yet. Of course, please big up mighty people for the tunes you can hear now and at the start of the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Find us on Twitter at Flitswatcherpod and visit our website, flitswatcher.tv.